0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Our Title Is Taken podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a range of different types of studies such as prospective studies and randomized control trials. So just to begin with, randomized control trials are mostly used for testing things like medicines and treatments for various diseases. So this is when um, people are split randomly assigned into sort of two or more groups to test specific drugs or range of drugs and then one of the groups or some of the groups are given various different treatments or drugs to see how they react to the treatment and if their symptoms get better or worse or side to see side effects and other things and the other group is given a placebo which if you don't already know is basically like a dummy drug to make it seem like the patients have actually gotten the injection or gotten the drug or gotten the treatment and when in reality it's generally something like a sugar pill or something that shouldn't actually have any um, impact on the outcome of the patients and then we can sort of see the effects based on the two different groups and be able to check if there's a statistically significant result or impact of the drugs now Sudan, do you want to explain a bit more about what um some of the other types of studies like prospective studies
1: yeah so let me just explain the really uh really quickly the two types of studies so one is a prospective study where you follow a group of people who have already started an activity so for argument's sake let's say the activity is investigating the effect of smoking on lung cancer as we previously mentioned then a prospective study would be following, let's say, 1,500, 2,000 people who have already made the decision to smoke. So we're not forcing them to do it, but they have already chosen to smoke. And so we follow them for 10, 20 years or however long to see what effect this has. The opposite to this would be to actually, for example, get monkeys in a lab and start to make them smoking. Now, obviously, you can see the ethical controversy in the two options. But the main thing is in one of them, you're following people that have already made a decision which is possibly um, harmful. And in the other one, you are directly causing them harm because you suspect that they, uh, you know, cigarettes can cause lung cancer, which, you know, it's proven that they do. And therefore, even then, you are making them smoke and that's the main difference between the two studies and that's what's really important to understand is that it's not all cut and dry like this it's very important to understand the uh, ethical dilemmas the practicalities the accuracies of the two different types of study so it's really important to just think about those two aspects yeah no i was gonna say i feel like with this topic and like what we're talking about right now
2: i feel like this more goes on to like should we like of of uh, it should be more about like animal ethics and should we be testing on animals and testing to see if like drugs or certain treatments or studies should
0: they be conducted on animals rather than uh humans so i think animal testing is a tiny bit different from what we're discussing today because um both uh prospective studies like all of the studies we've mentioned so far can be done on either humans or animals it's more so the, I think it's just an easy example is to use monkey smoking for um, both trials, but the difference isn't necessarily who the treatment is being uh, provided to and given to, it's more so the trial itself and whether it's being, um, whether they're choosing to administer it before the fact and whether they're choosing to sort of do certain things mm-hmm. and like, like smoking for example beforehand or whether you're making them do it because a similar thing can be seen with humans where you could make a human um like put humans on high fat diets to see um like what happens basically and so either way it could be done with both humans or animals so i think but i think it definitely is a very very important and interesting topic to talk about animal testing which we could like definitely cover in the future
1: Yeah, no. um, Yeah, so I completely agree with that. And I think that we can talk about animal testing in the future. But let's talk about more of the ethics here. So, um, you know, just for everyone in the audience, we were talking about animal testing and rather than going and foraying into the full episode of animal testing, let's talk about the idea that so we're talking about this, that there have been some rumors that um, or some ideas that forcing animals to start smoking or, uh, for example, in this case, monkeys can actually be more of an accurate study because of the fact that you're controlling their environment and making sure that the only independent variable in this case, and for everyone listening, an independent variable is a variable that you change in a study. um, The only independent variable is the fact that they're smoking, which may not be the case with live humans who are actually out in the population. What do we think about this?
2: Like, I I do understand like how, if you put it into a controlled environment uh, where like only uh, the the cigarettes or smoking is, the main factor or the only factor but the thing is surely um what comes through that trial because it's done on someone that's like not a person like it's done on a monkey surely like the results aren't going to be as easily comparable to what would happen in humans because like yes yeah. i'd
1: assume there's going to be
2: different effects
1: yeah so that's that's actually a common argument is the fact that although yes humans and uh monkeys may share a similar physiology there's no actual it, it's not identical obviously and so the fact that you're sus- sus- um, making these uh animals susceptible to cancer for your gain of research can actually be seen as a complete waste because of the fact that they're not completely similar and you're not going to get any definitive answers or any answers which you can completely trust because of the fact that they are slightly different um Let's talk about the idea that, you know, uh, if you're following people, if you're following human beings doing this, that can actually be a lot unhealthier uh, for humans. So, for example, um, so I, I was reading this thing where he said that if you're following, as Xiao mentioned, the idea of people saying, you know, high fat diets uh, to see if that leads to obesity. And if you have a suspicion or a hypothesis that this does happen, then do you have a duty to interfere in this study and tell these people that you shouldn't be having high fat diets because they can lead to obesity and because they're humans, they can actually make a positive change. Or they could try. Whereas in animals, if we are testing on um if we're testing on monkeys, then we would be able to amend their diets uh by ourselves or you know, a, a lot easier. What do, what do we think about this?
0: I mean I think um again there's a slight like confusion between, like, the difference animal testing and human testing versus these two different studies. So I think, like, to relate that to the studies, I think it's more so in both cases having humans, but in one case, following people who are already on quite high fat diets and seeing how that affects them versus getting people into a lab something and something, asking them to start a certain high fat diet. And so I think either way, you do bring up a good point where, um, I think it's also a similar issue with randomized control trials where you know that you're induced you're quite likely inducing like health issues and ha- like negative health impacts onto these people by making them do this stuff or like even if they're already doing it they're not intervening early and telling them hey like this isn't something you should do but instead letting them do it and like studying them whilst they're doing it and so like it brings up a very interesting like ethical dilemma although i think that in very certain situations it like we need to weigh sort of the effects on the individual versus possible benefit like the whole which i think also varies a lot based on the trial and the situation and um their capacity to like consent and capacity to understand what they're doing and like because also quite often if this person is already like doing a certain thing they just saying them hey this is a bad thing might not stop them so like you may not have any we may not be able to have an impact on them anyway. So if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, they're going to do something bad for their health and not change, then it may be helpful to have some sort of research or at least some sort of benefit from it. But I think, again, that varies quite a lot based on the situation. Kushal, you were mentioning a different
1: type of study called a retrospective study where where rather than following a group of people to see um what the outcome is, uh, we actually look at something where the outcome's already happened. What do you think do you think that's a better idea uh than a prospective study or maybe if there you know can you think of any examples where a retrospective study might be used and not a prospective study
2: well i think I, well like, i think there are advantages and disadvantages of using a retrospective study um some of them kind of said generally it'd probably be cheaper and easier to look at like past information but i think one of the main advantages mm. for using a retrospective study is how effective it how effective it is at looking at rare diseases and illnesses so for example there's like one right. in a million right. diseases that like you can like barely ever you barely ever um see in the news or anything like that um, you, yeah. it's really effective to use a retrospective study because you don't know when the next time um a researcher is going to come across this uh, come across a person that has this disease because it's just that rare so yeah. in that case i'd say that's one of the few points of where retrospective studies are better. However, I do also believe they can be not as effective in, like, general studies, more to do with the fact that because you're looking at past data and, like, events that have already happened, um, you don't know exactly what variables would have
0: affected whatever you're researching in those kind of studies. I think another possible disadvantage of retrospective studies can be because... so from the nature of it, because you're picking and choosing people after the fact of certain events and along with sort of some other factors, there's a much more higher likelihood and possibility of bias being introduced into your study. And so let's say with a prospective study, I choose a group of people and I want to follow them along their lifetime. Then I can't exactly just sort of give up and like sort of ignore some data points. And it's harder for me to like introduce my bias into, although obviously it's still mm. possible. Whereas with a retrospective study, I'm pretty much looking, in a lot of cases, I'm looking around, like, picking and choosing who would be, like, suitable for my study. And so, in that case, it's much, much easier to have that level of bias and make your research be more untrustworthy. But then I
1: guess it's also harder in the the fact that uh, in a retrospective study, you kind of have to just take everything as it is. You had no impact on yeah. the research uh or the decision making process which means that you kind of just have to believe that the research has done everything that you wanted yeah. out of the study I mean, so you might have explored a certain avenue but the researcher didn't do that You just have to sort of accept it sorry yeah, like short. you
2: also have to um sort of p- trust that the fact that like the study has like gonna gone and like happened like to a good standard and hasn't been like other variables have been taken yes, into account. Exactly or other variables that have, like, affected the final outcome. Because, for example, if you go back to, like, the smoking... Yeah. um, You kind of have to trust that they might... They maybe, like, weren't smoking other, like, substances or whatever. Or or nothing yeah. else was happening. Because,
1: obviously, no study is 100% pull- yeah. foolproof. Yes, exactly. Because, yeah, there's... Obviously, no study is 100% foolproof. And especially with medicinal trials and different medical trials or drug trials... There are a host of different things that are at play. Otherwise, it'd be so easy to see if a drug is effective or not. But different physiologies, different, you know, innate genetic factors in bodies and in different people contribute to a host of different reactions to different drugs that are being tested. And that's why drug testing and vaccine creation is such a difficult process is <clears throat> because, uh, you know, medicine not an exact science. It's it's more of an art. And so, you know, you can't just make Although medicine is focused on huge generalizations, you can't just make generalizations for the whole population. You have to take into account. Unique. They each like something varies
2: for like each person.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Or, and it's not always just one thing. It's normally millions of things. Um, but yeah. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode on the Our Titles Taken podcast where we talked about prospective studies and the different types of studies and their ethical concerns. If you guys would like to keep in touch, please follow us on Instagram at otwt podcast and look at some of the information we've put out on our latest podcast uh, episodes as well as others. And um, please feel free to look at some of our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify and all the other good Spotify uh sorry all the other good podcast websites thank you very much for listening
0: and see you guys next episode